And we're back. Welcome. It's the Cinema Draft Podcast. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. And we welcome back to our little enclave, our Hollywood insiders, the talented actors, Alexia Peebles and Kalila Joy. I can't find my applause button. Damn, we are just bootleg today. There we go. There it is. As you all can tell, I can't be seen today. We are having some technical difficulties on my end. We might make some attempts to come back, but we might not. So enjoy the lovely screenshot. How y'all ladies doing today? Good. How you doing? I am trying to stay well, healthy. I am sneezing and coughing into the crook of my elbow. I don't know about you all. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm just saying, like, especially yeah. in public spaces. Oh, yes. For me, it's allergies. They've been wearing me out for a little while now. Amen. Yeah. So definitely stay safe out there. You, uh, for you uh, HBO lovers, you might recognize Cleo Joy as the flashback mom in the second season <laughs> of Big Little Lies. Or she might, yeah, yes, you, <laughs> or, or as uh, the abuse survivor from Grey's Anatomy in, I think, wasn't that like an Emmy-nominated episode? It was, that was really good. It, it was for, it was up for Emmy consideration. Ah, all right, there you go. Uh, and, or as I like to consider you, you know, KJ, as my Janelle Monet doppelganger. Have you, have you, have you done any like stunt doubling for her yet? <laughs> No, but can I just tell you, have you seen the trailer for Antebellum? Yes, and, and I, when I first saw it, I, I immediately thought it was you for a second, like, honestly. I have gotten so many messages, <laughs> Eduardo, like, girl, is this you? I'm like, clearly. Is it blowed up? I know, I mean, you guys, you guys are twinning right there, straight up twinning. So, oh, so yeah, so welcome back to the pod. We've missed you. Uh, tonight's Andy Cohen-inspired Watch What Happens Lifestyle drinking game is the word accent. Because every time you hear this word, we encourage you to take a sip of whatever you're sipping on. Because tonight's pod will end up covering one of my favorite accents, the Southern accent. That was, that was actually a really bad one. Uh, and and, and they, are, they are not a monolith, I know. And you, you two ladies are Daughters of the South, correct? Correct. And where are y'all from? Cackalacker. Oh. I was gonna say for people who don't know what that is, <laughs> here to explain. That would be North Carolina. Excellent. North Carolina and you, Kalila? I was born in Georgia, and we left Georgia when I was about six and went to Virginia, so both of them. And, and, but you claim Virginia, right? Like you Yeah, that's hometown. Day. That's hometown. Like UVA yeah. all day. All right. So let's go into our first segment, which is what we're watching. And first thing, well, you know, actually, while it's top of mind, I just finished like an hour ago. The new Pope. Have y'all seen any of this on, on HBO? Oh. Oh, no, no, no. Um, is that John oh, Malkovich? And, no, no, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. John Malkovich and Jude Law. Yeah, man. It, it is incredible. So the new Pope is the second season, essentially, of The Young Pope, which came out like... Oh, two. okay, okay, okay. Did, did y'all see The Young Pope? I saw some of it. I didn't finish, but I did start. It's... I mean, it, it's very stylistic and nuts and, and crazy. I mean, like the first the first season of the Young Pope is, and then the New Pope. So the, I guess the first I think the first season Wait, ends hold, with. Hold 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 hold. hold. <laughs> is it just me or does he not look like Gargamel? 
<laughs> Yo, that is Gargamel in the flesh. He kind of is a villain now that I think about it. His, his character's name is Voyello, and he's like the, the chief of staff of the Vatican. And he's just like the, the sweetest, kindest, most backstabbingest guy you'll ever meet. No. Goes around manipulating no. nuns, you know, uh, possibly poisoning popes. I mean, he's just like all in the mix. And, and, he, and he's Where got like. Worse. That's all. Where's Azriel? That's it. I mean, hiding some in the rafters in the Sistine Chapel. I don't know. But he, I mean, it, it's just such a crazy show. I, I enjoy it truly. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out, The Young Pope. It start, so the first season was all Jude Law. He was right. like a, a young, new American Pope. Was uh, really encouraged fanaticism and stuff. Like, I want fanatics and everything. And at the end of the season, he goes into a coma. And so the new Pope starts oh. off with him still in a coma. They need to fill, like, the Pope position. So they go to this dude, John Malkovich. <laughs> plays an English gentleman who calls himself a fragile piece of porcelain and he's just so he's such a dandy and he's just so affected it's just wild and he becomes the pope and and this actually this lady right here she just has this fascination with him um in into kind of helping him on his little pope agenda and of course halfway through the season Jude Law wakes up so now you got two popes so Jude Law is playing American and Malkovich is playing British yes ma'am you heard that correct <laughs> and they, they both carry off the accents very well drink they, they, both, yep, they both carry off the accents extremely well. Oh, two sips? Really? <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm trying to get y'all drunk tonight. Uh, in, in this episode, I think it's like Sharon, Sharon Pope. Sharon Stone met with the Pope to begin with. She's like, you know, it's kind of a weird scene because this Pope is obsessed with celebrity, the Malkovich Pope. He uh, often refers to Meghan Markle as, uh, <laughs> as Meghan and her being needy and needing fashion advice. <laughs> Take it easy. Have you seen Megan's fashion? Yeah, she's she's on point. Yeah, so that that's one thing I'm watching. I thought I'd be off with that. Another thing I'm watching is Queen Sono. Now I know y'all must have heard of that one, right? I've seen a few episodes of that. I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. Yes. All right, Lex. So what do you think about Queen Sono so far? Because I'm almost done. I'm I'm in like the back half of episode six. Oh, I think it's a very, uh, I love the concept of it. I love a lot of what they're doing. Some of it feels a little um, performancey. Stagey, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, mm, that didn't come off realistic at all. Are, are you talking about the fight at the end of episode three? <laughs> He's very specific. Wait, are you, wait, was that in the in restaurant? In the restaurant? Oh, yeah. And, and and that very caricature villain that the British chick is, I mean, um, Russian chick is playing. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so, but I still appreciate what they're doing, though. And I, I'm going to finish it. I appreciate this dress. That slit Absolutely. this dress. Absolutely. That entrance was grand. And, and Pearl Tusi, I mean, I, I, lest I need more crushes, you know, present company included. Uh, but man, she is, she's shooting at the top of the list. I mean, speaks all these different languages, that yeah. accent, yeah. hair. And, and the, the flipping back and forth between accents and English. I mean, uh, other languages than I English. I said this word like three times. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, that's the thing, too, because I, I tell people, I, I recommend Queen Sono, if not just on concept alone, you know, and to support, you know, uh, the first Netflix original from Africa, but also, like, I'm, I'm truly enjoying it, and, but I tell people that like, you've got to concentrate 100% because there's so much language switching, 
sometimes in the middle of sentences, you know, which I guess is pretty common in like South Africa, but you know, for us, you know, you know, dumb Americans, or let me speak for myself, for, for my dumb American self, I'm half time, I watch these shows, you know, looking up stuff on my smartphone in hand or whatever, or I'll get distracted, mm -hmm. you know, you have to concentrate it with captions on if you want to catch everything. It's yeah. very, um, alias. Yeah. Which I loved. So, and I, I think actually Pearl Tusi, who plays Queen Sono, the titular uh -huh. Queen Sono, I think she was on, oh no, you know, what? it wasn't Alias, it was Quantico. She was on like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's was like she? Alias with a very, very heavy political hand. Yeah, actually, we'll move into Pearl Tusi real quick. But yeah, she's, I mean, I guess she was also like a, a TV host down in South Africa. I mean, she's just really kind of getting started. I think she's what, 31, 29, something like that. But her, uh, you know, so she's just building her resume. Um, but Queen Sono, I think, is definitely the biggest thing she's starred in uh, as, as the lead. But yeah, she was on Quantico, looks like. And I think this will definitely do a lot for her career. Like, who knows what she'll do after this? 100%. Oh, apparently, I guess they're doing like a, a sequel to Bulletproof. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is Bulletproof? Why don't I, what is Bulletproof? The, the one with the Tupac and uh, Tim Roth. They played like drug. At, Tupac? Yeah, you don't remember, you don't remember Bulletproof? No, I mean, but, but that had to be a long time ago. It was. Yeah, it was uh, 96. Wow. Uh, I, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I, I was I'm, wait a minute. <laughs> wait. <laughs> uh, you caught me, you caught me. It was not, damn. What was the one with Tim Roth and, and Gridlock? That's about. what it was. Yeah, I know what Gridlock. you're talking about. Stop laughing at me, KJ. I see you. <laughs> It's not Tupac. And Adam Sandler Tupac. is Sandler not and David Wayans. It still can't be good because I mean the it's first good. one was 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 well actually the first one was actually pretty decent. I remember seeing the theater and having a good time. But I mean the way this long to make a sequel, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that, is a, that is a long time. Yeah. All right, boom. All right. So you know what? Welcome to our first cultural cul-de-sac. We are definitely back <laughs> going into little sideways and neighborhoods. Of cultural irrelevance and the last thing i'm watching is the, is the invisible man i saw that i think a couple weekends ago when it came out uh, have y'all seen the invisible man the movie yes the new one i can't i'm not good with scary i i admit that i'm a chicken and i do not watch scary movies <laughs> as am i but have you seen get out yeah yes, that wasn't scary, scary. I, 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 then you can watch the invisible man See, this is this also is I believe it's from Blumhouse, same production company behind yeah. um, uh, behind like Get Out. He's just Oz. going crazy. Is that it? Well, it's it's more social thriller. I think that's the genre they're kind of semi rebranding. And, but it's true though, because it's got so it's it's definitely nerve wracking and intense, kind of just like Get Out. But it's not so much like horror, you know. It's not like I mean, it's not it's not, it's not like uh, violence porn like Saw or something. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really well, it's really well cast, uh, done on a on a budget. The script, eh, yeah, it's all right, but um, but the the invisible effects are incredible, and there's so many wide shots that you're always just like freaking out, like, is this guy here or isn't he? <laughs> Billboards though, Eduardo, had me a little uncomfortable. Like the billboards literally says he's in your back seat, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I don't 
don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that level of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Uh, no, well, it, it's everything you think, but, and then also a little bit more. I mean, there, there's, there's a, not a huge twist, but a really unexpected event. Like right in the middle, you're like, oh, da-, like, like a truly like, you know, what the fuck moment, and. It just—it really is a tour de force for Elizabeth Moss. If you like Elizabeth Moss, you need to see this movie because she plays all the colors in the in the in the in the crayon box. Like, really. Yeah, I, I believe that she's a great actor. Yeah, I mean, look, look at me. She, oh, man, she goes. She's she's really good. I I really like it for as an Elizabeth Moss delivery system. And honestly, it's set up for a sequel. And I won't. I mean, I won't give it away. But you know, I mean, it's. Definitely set up for a sequel, and I'm ready to see more of it. Ooh, I'm here for they, it. They've given horror films, horror, I'm using quotes, more love, like, during award season. Do you think this is something that could show up in award season next year? Ooh, oh, man. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, oh, first of all, excellent question. Let's get you your own podcast. Hopefully on the Cinema Draft Podcast Network. Uh, secondly, I did think about her for an award. I was, I was a little concerned because it's so early, but it's kind of in the, the Get Out slot from the same people who successfully promoted Get Out into some awards love anyway. So it, it's possible. I mean, it's a really strong before. It kind of, honestly, and I mean, every year when you have a strong performance early on, it depends on what comes out, you know, right. later on, especially like the back third of the year. But mm-hmm. yeah, so so far this is the first one on the board. Fair. Yeah. What, what about you, Lex? You think you might go see this without your scaredy camera? I don't typically do horror. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a scaredy cat too. But I did see um, Doctor Sleep. Mm. It was not frightening. Now that that was a sequel to something, wasn't it? Or yeah, the sequel the to The Shining, which I never saw. Oh no, noty, no, no. I'm yeah, I've never seen The Shining either. I'm I'm good. Me and me and Cage, well, we'll meet you after the theater. Yeah, after the theater. but I I thoroughly enjoyed Doctor Sleep, and yeah, some of the um I could really appreciate you and in this in that movie. You and uh, speaking of you, did y'all see um Birds of Prey or, or I'm sorry, now it's Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Oh, no, I haven't. Mm-mm. No. Interesting. He was all over the place in that one, but he was clearly having fun. So I, I'm, I'm very much team enjoy things. Hashtag team enjoy things. So. Is he like a villain in that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the villain. He's, he's like uh, a bit of a sweet talking misogynist. I mean, he's just like all over the place, and he's always having a good time. He's always like laughing as he's like shooting people. It's one of those type of performances. <laughs> but so all right, so we heard what I'm watching. What, what else are y'all watching? So Doctor Sleep is one. What else are you guys watching? Um, I am watching Married at First Sight. <laughs> Married at First Sight. Okay, so the the yeah. competitor to Love Is Blind because <laughs> I'm definitely watching Love Is Blind. <laughs> I have not seen that. Everyone and their mom is talking about it, but I haven't seen it. You gotta see it. I think we talked about it last uh, last episode, last pod. But yeah, I'm I'm a Love Is Blind junkie. That in the circle, like Netflix, just the algorithm has my number. <laughs> Tell us about Married at First Sight, Lex. Uh, well, basically, um, people are willing to turn over their love life to a panel of experts who will match you with your perfect person. And you meet that person at the altar and marry them. Really? Yes. You don't know anything about them. Literally, no thing <laughs> until you get to the altar 
and the minister, the priest, the rabbi, whatever says, I want you to meet Eduardo. I want you to meet Kalila. And there it goes. Is there a financial component involved in this? I'm sure there is, but it's not discussed. Because <laughs> who agrees? I mean, who, what kind of person agrees this? What, what type of couples are we dealing with? Proclaim that they are just unlucky in love. Oh, this dude. <laughs> He's the worst. What's wrong with him? What's his name? I want to throat punch that dude so bad. He was two seasons ago, but I could. Please don't ever let me. There's that. more than one season. Real season ten, homeboy. Eduardo, you're so incredulous. If you, if you could only see my face, and I wish we get this camera working because you can see my face. I'm like, there's more than one. Like Josh. Real season ten. <laughs> Listen, I'm ten. Like, love also that ain't it so so you get married at the altar you go on a honeymoon you move in together and then after like two months you decide if you want to stay Wait, married. she's showing up at the altar to marry somebody what's wrong with the world she's like, cute unlucky in love yeah I, I look i've i mean i've had my ups and downs and i'm going on what year six of my relationship sabbatical but i'm not showing up on some show my goodness well there are thousands of people who audition for this every season this guy looks like marcus morris <laughs> it's one of the morris twins <laughs> they're still together w wow you, you know actually i shouldn't even they say they are that. not because <laughs> trash all right so so <laughs> I was gonna call it Love is Blunt. Sorry, uh, Married at First Sight. All right, what, what are you watching, KJ? I'm watching 911 um, Lone Star. So, so I watched the first season of, not, actually the first season half of 911. How is 911 Lone Star? It's actually really good. I was not sure, because I really enjoy 911. So I was like, what are they going to do in Texas? But I dig it. I dig it. They're very um, multicultural on that show. Look at Rob Lowe, Benjamin right. Buttoning, Benjamin Buttoning Life. I mean, yeah, and they talk about like that's part of his character, like the hair, and he's all into skincare, and <laughs> it's a whole thing. Chris Traeger becomes a firefighter, right, from Parks and Rec. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, shiny new cast. All right. So, what about you, KJ? What are you What are you watching between shots in the trailer or whatever it is you're doing? <laughs> um. I actually am watching Hentified on Netflix. Really? My my Panamanian self salutes you. <laughs> Shout out to my girl, Julissa Calderon, who kills it on that damn show. Really? Um, All right, we got I'm enjoying it. it. I'm really enjoying it. It's a good show. It's well written. It's well cast. Um, I've heard it. And it feels it. very, like, authentic. And this is one of those shows, like you mentioned, they switch languages in the middle of a sentence. Right. As a lot of bilingual people do, it's very true to life in that way. Like they'll speak Spanish, English, Spanish, English, like, you know, back and forth, no breaks in between. Um, well, what's but yeah, your, it's a what's your friend's name, Lisa Calderon? Is it? Yes, that's really? my boo. Yeah. Um, she's great. And yeah, she, she has a very, uh, she has a great story. I can't tell her story the way she can, but initially they wanted to cast a Dominican who was like native LA, but mm -hmm. Julissa has a very like a uh, Northeast accent mm -hmm. in addition to her Dominican accent. Mm -hmm. She hears twice, two times. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. They basically rewrote the character for her. Because they loved her so much, they were like, well, we're, she's just going to have to be from New York. <laughs> because 
we need Julissa. So I heard about that. They were on the cast was on uh, in the neighborhood with Big Boy. They were talking mm, about that. Yes. Uh-huh. So I've been watching that, and I also just finished the evolution of hip hop also on Netflix, oh, which okay. was just fantastic. Like I was, I was actually pacing myself and not binging it because I didn't want it to end. It is such a good docu-series. And I mean, they break down hip hop literally from the inception, like Cool Herc, that was him right there. His basement parties in New York where hip hop really started, where he starts spinning the breaks on the records before anybody else had started it. Like all the way up until, it's not current yet. It's probably like early 2000s into the 2010s where they stop in season four. It's only like four episodes per season. But they go region to region. So like you do New York, then they go to the West Coast, then they go to Houston, then they go to Miami, then they go to New Orleans and back to Oakland. Like hip hop from everywhere. It's so good, Eduardo. Uh, okay. if, you, if you're a hip hop fan, you must. You must. All right, all right. I'm adding, actually, I think it's in the queue, but I will dig it up from the depths oh. of my queue. And oh, it's been there a long time. <laughs> So good. To hear oh. how it all happened and how that came about, Rapper's Delight, <laughs> one of the big first rap hits in history. It didn't happen the way you think it happened. And you're just like, oh, what? Anyway, I, uh, I can talk about it all day. Not, <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's good to know. We are always looking for great things to watch on this show and in my life. So let's, let's go to, let's, let's go to, the, to the main event this episode. Our top three this this week, and basically our top three this week is going to be the top three Southern movies in honor of our esteemed. Just three? Well, there's there's three of us. It's like nine movies. I mean, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and, and and if you're new to the program and or it's been a while because it has been a while, uh, basically the way the game goes is that you name a movie that uses the South as locale, if not as a character. And you can't just say, like, it's filmed in Atlanta because that doesn't count anymore. Everything's filmed in Atlanta, right? I was watching um, a Deputy uh, that shows about the L.A. County Sheriff, and that's filmed in Atlanta, all right? So, How's that going? Is that doing okay? It's, I think it's doing pretty well, yeah. I mean, a few people are talking about it. I don't hear it. anything about it anywhere, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in this, like, uh, Facebook uh, uh, podcast uh, podcast um, fan group of, like, The Watch on, um, you know, The Watch podcast on the Ringer Network. <clears throat> We're all, like, huge TV fans. And there are a few people talking about it. So so that's kind of how, that's my barometer if something's popular or not. If they're talking about them, like, okay, it's probably safe. It's, it's, it's a good show. It's interesting to see how they, how they move forward with it. Uh, but, yeah, but anyway, so, like, just saying that a, a movie is filmed in Atlanta doesn't cut it. It has to be... In, it has to be about the South or use the South as locale. We alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, that movie is out of play. So be strategic, ladies. Oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be tough. I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't realize we were only doing three. I and, and on the rundown says that Lexi will go first, but KJ responded first. So KJ, Kalila Joy, yes, you. Janelle uh, Monet uh, Sr., you get to go ahead and... <laughs> All right. I feel like Janelle might actually be senior. I don't. You know what? Everybody lies about their age. Who knows? You're absolutely right. You you could definitely. <laughs> <be right. laughs> um. Okay. So my first pick is very special to me 
particularly to me as an actor, and that would be Steel Magnolia. There it is. Off the board, Steel Magnolia. Strong choice, a classic. It has to be there. Go ahead and wax poetic about Steel Magnolia. So let me let me say let me explain why I feel like it's special because I didn't grow up knowing I wanted to be an actor, right? This is something I kind of came to later in life. What did you want to be? Um, I, at first, I wanted to be an obstetrician like Dr. Huxtable. Oh. And then I wanted to be a broadcast journalist like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> okay. so I had great role models, but. Um, <laughs> But what I do remember, we didn't, my family didn't see Steel Magnolias in the theater. This was like at home one weekend, my mom and I watched this together. I don't know how long it had been out. (laughs) But I remember watching Sally Field's performance, particularly her at the gravesite after her daughter has died. And I felt so much Mm -hmm. as a kid, like I felt, all of her anger i felt all of her pain i felt that frenetic in panicked energy not knowing what to do and i just remember being like how is she doing this how is she making me feel these things like i i think if memory serves me correctly i asked my mom like how does she do that (laughs) and that's my first memory of me recognizing what an actor was, what it meant to be an actor in terms of like making an audience feel something, just making that connection that this person, this has not really happened to this person. They are acting, but in such a way that you experience everything they experience. That was my actor like light bulb. Mm-hmm. Not And it wasn't in a conscious thing like, oh, I'm gonna be an actor now. It was just my first understanding of how powerful that art is so plus the cast is phenomenal i mean between olympia dukakis and shirley mcclain that dynamic right by itself alone is one of the greatest things in cinema <laughs> i oh, love yeah love truvy like it's just and you know julia roberts did an amazing it Don't it couldn't have, like, have been better it couldn't have been better in my opinion Look at Carol Hannah, too. Wow, this thing was stacked. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Tom Skerritt, even the um, supporting cast. Yeah, no, the young Dylan McDermott. McDermott. Yep. Yeah, everybody was up in there. All right, Steel Magnolia, strong first choice, off the board. Well done, KJ. Thank you. You're next. Um, I think I'm going to go with East Bayou. Oh, that was Oh! One. That was one of mine. Well, it wasn't one of mine, but I excellent choice. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. Go ahead and and, so and much. talk about Eve Bayou. There's so much going on in this film. Like uh, Casey Lemons just did the whole most here. Look, look at this. Look at Sam Jack. <laughs> that's that's a hell of a shot. That's this, a hell of a shot right there, Bruh. Like the again, the cast is stacked. The story is all-encompassing there's so much going on in this movie from like the the familial situation the um the uh the infidelity the coming of age the (laughs) yeah and you know the beginnings of megan good i remember thinking man this chick is gonna be doing something else like i really sorry no you're good and 
timeless Debbie Morgan. Mm. Can I have her career? You know? Like this chick and her capabilities. Diane. Carol's that Wow, man. My spirit animal. The queen. Journey mm. so Smollett's performance in Eve Bayou is one of the most powerful I've seen by a child. Like, it was so nuanced and so authentic and honest and, like, I remember, I remember seeing it in the theater and, and just knowing, like, she's going to be a star, like, straight up. Yeah. I thought both of those kids, she and Megan both, I yeah. thought, man. Yeah. Absolutely. These kids are going to be doing things. Yeah. And that is my favorite accent, by the way. A Louisiana accent? <laughs> New Orleans, particularly a Cajun accent, that is my favorite. Mm. I love it. Oh, excellent choice. Yes. Yes. Excellent choice. And so, and just from a matter of strategy, my first pick will be just take this off the board because I know it's coming. It's got to be on y'all's list. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe it is. I don't know. Depends on your mileage may vary with this actress, but I'm taking Sweet Home Alabama because you want to talk about using a place as a character. Yes, really, Eduardo? That was not on my list. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at it. The thought crossed my mind, but yeah. I mean, I mean, this is. I mean, what I think Reese Witherspoon still is in her peak, honestly. But this is like maybe the beginning of her of of like the of the the bankable. Actually, well, maybe not the bidding. It's kind of like the early early middle of the beginning of her as like just truly bankable star. I mean, it's kind of a you know, uh, I would say it's a bit of an unremarkable rom com in the face of it. But the performances, the accents, you brought a baby to a bar. <laughs> That was excellent. She's so charismatic. She's so kind of snooty and stuff. Then, you know, you see her layers get worn down the longer she's home back in Alabama. Patrick Dempsey's charming as hell. Uh, and then and, and the revelation to me in this one was was uh, Josh Lucas. That, that's the name, right? Jo yeah, Josh Lucas. The, yeah, here he goes. A little blurry in this picture. Um, I mean, phenomenal. He's just, he's, I mean, he was really super charismatic. Actually, off of this movie, I think Hollywood thought he was going to be the next big star. I think they tried to shoehorn him into like, I think a John Grisham TV series or something. And they, they, they kind of tried him out for a few lead roles. It just never quite stuck for whatever reason. But I, I still think it's like easily his most charismatic <laughs> performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I mean, uh, Reese was, yeah, Reese was, and, and yeah, and Melanie Linsky. Oh my, you want to talk about master, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry to keep making y'all drink. I'm drinking water myself, so we'll just get hydrated tonight. But she's a master <laughs> access herself. She also, I think she's like a Kiwi. She's from like New Zealand, but she's always playing American. Yes, yes. Yeah, Google her sometimes. She's from she's from New Zealand. Not know that. She plays American super well, especially like Midwestern American too. Super well. Yeah, super. Melanie Linsky. She's you know. Jacqueline Smith. She really knows her stuff. She really does. I mean, but honestly, I mean, maybe I don't know. Actually, let's let's do a little actor cul-de-sac for a quick second. So, of the accents out there to play, because it seems super easy for foreigners to play American accents, just like you flatten the vowels or whatever, you flatten everything and just like you're American. Uh, what, I mean, so is there an actor who's not from America that you think plays an American accent like perfectly? Hmm. Oh, I would say um, Christian Bale because I continue to forget that he is not American. <laughs> that's a like, great one. Continuously, every time he speaks, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Every time. 
I don't even know what his normal accent is. I mean, I know he's he's British or some sort. I think he's from Wales, so maybe he might be Welsh. But I don't I don't even know if he knows. It's kind of like Charlie, yeah. like Charlie Hunnam's accent so muddled now because of all those years he played Jax Teller and mangling his voice. That bit, wait, what's that? I could hear it a little bit. Well, yeah, but yeah, but uh, but now it's like I don't know. I mean, like he played his, I think his natural accent in the gentleman, but it's still kind of like, is that really British? Like it's just, it's like a weird muddled after all these years. Yeah. I don't know. I was surprised when I realized um, Daniel Ezra was British from All American. Oh, oh yeah, he yeah. he gets he gets the Cali accent real hard. Like, he gets oh. that Cali accent hard. Yeah, I did not realize. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Ezra. Yeah, actually, yeah, because I think I watched like maybe the first five or six episodes of uh, All American, and I was really impressed with his accent too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that that was mine. Sweet Home Alabama, off the board. Number two, KJ, what you got? Um, number two. This is. I don't appreciate having to do, only having to do four. Well, let me tell you something, sister. You've been on my mind, no twister. We're two of a got nobody, nobody. Okay, the color purple. The oh. Color. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know what that is. <laughs> you know, for actually, Kalila Joy, beautiful singing voice. You know, I mean, if you if you need a a, a backup job or side hustle, I'm sure Hollywood's got you. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, I, I mean, I saw this when I think when it came out in the theater like ages ago. I mean, I was tiny, but I remember seeing it. And it's, actually, I think I was scared of it, too, because Mr. was like, scared. Uh, it's so good. It gonna rain on your head. <laughs> so many quotables. Like, so many lines we remember. I can't even, I don't know how many times I've seen The Color Purple. Because it was one of those things, even as a kid, that I found myself watching over and we had a VHS tape. Shout out to the 80s. And I was like, 80s and early 90s, I think. Um, And I would watch it like randomly on a Saturday. I just, again, masterclass acting, how Whoopi didn't get the Oscar for it, I will never, ever, 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 ever understand. Yeah. Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. I you better bash Mr. Head in and think about heaven later. <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, and the story is so layered, like, so many issues from, um, you know, class, racism, Jim Crow South, domestic violence, misogyny, patriarchy, incest and molestation. I mean, Alice Walker just gives you so much in this book, which they then adapted into a screenplay, but it's a, it's Ooh. just a classic. 12 <laughs> nominations for Academy Awards in 1985. Yeah, that's, that's And I, I'm not sure how many they won. I don't think many, right. if any. I, I, you'd think it got screenplay. Well, yeah, actually, that's a good question. I wonder how many it did win. Uh, for, what was it? Well, I'll look that up another time. Um, yeah, but uh, Color Purple, excellent. Uh, do you have any thoughts with Color Purple X? I mean, it's a classic. What else is there? She said everything. There you go. There you go. Oh, 14 wins? No. Oh, no. Overall. So it did win. So oh, you're right. It was just nominated. It didn't win anything. It won a Golden Globe. Like, I don't think it 
it got yeah. shut out. Yeah, it got shut out. Uh, wow. Yo, the <laughs> the racism was going real strong in the Reagan 80s. Real strong. I mean, how? Oscar's so white. How? <laughs> what one is the question? Like, that, what that, beat the color purple in every five oh, or 86? That's a good question. What did um, Kiss the Spoon? Uh, okay. Uh, best actor, it's a leading role, winner, winner. Supporting was um, uh, Angela Houston, Pritzi's Honor. Go back up. That's uh, it. Oh, The Trip to Bountiful. I don't know what that is. I haven't seen that either. I remember seeing Agnes of God. I, I remember seeing that. And out of Africa, like, I know Meryl Streep got a lot of heat off that one, but, I mean... I've also seen The Trip to Bountiful with um, Cicely in it. Oh, she's in that? Okay. You know, there's a remake a few years ah. ago. Well, Out of Africa won a lot. You know, actually, I think Out of Africa is what won Best Picture now, I think, Benny. Because I remember, I, I remember, like, uh, seeing... Yeah, Out of Africa, Sydney Pollack, that's what it was. Out of Africa, out of the nominees, Witness, that Harrison Ford movie with him at the Amish. That was kind of a cool movie. Kiss the Spider Woman. I was too young to really kind of understand that movie. Uh, and Pritzi's Honor, along with Color Purple, were nominees. Out of Africa, the winner. Eek, okay. Strange times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lex, what's your number two? Oh, geez, Louise. Um... It's bad podcast. What you got? <laughs> I'm going to choose Shag. Shag. Shag's yeah. great. Shag. You know, I think I'm not familiar. Baby Kate, homie. Annabeth Gish, homie. I don't know why she's selling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, she's excited. So share your excitement, Alexia. Tell us why you like Shag. Well, Part of it was shot in North Carolina. Ah. Well, it's based in North Carolina anyway. Bridget, Fonda, oh my goodness. And there was a dance element to it, which so pretty. sells me automatically. Um, and I just really loved this movie as a child. I watched it so many times. I love it. It's like one of those, um, like cult followings. Like I don't think this movie did well at the box office, but everybody liked it. And I loved it. And there's just yeah, the girl, the friendship of it and the you're not right for this guy, but you're doing it, you know, you're with them and then you got the the I mean all types of women are represented in this movie. You got the nerd and everybody's friends. You got the nerd, you got the rich girl, you got the hoe, you got the cool girl. <laughs> They're all <laughs> together. Some some fabulous hair in this. I mean, like real real sixties bobs and or I mean, was it fifties or sixties was set in? I think it's sixties. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a fan of the bob. I love me a good bob. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, okay. Shag. Yeah. All right. That's a different one. All right. So from yeah, a just a little outside the box since we only have three. Yeah, hey, you know, choose wisely. And I'm going to go strategic once again because this might be on someone's list. But I'm going to go with my second pick, Winter's Bone. Not my pick. Oh, okay. That's the one that gave us Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. What yeah. a revelation. Oh. What, 
I, read, I, mean, I hear book. so much about her performance in this movie, but I've never seen it. I you, read you the should, book. You, I didn't see the film. Oh, you read the book? Oh, how's the book? It was good. It was so long ago, I barely remember it, but it was good. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was so atmospheric. I mean, actually, who was, who, everyone forgets the director. The director, I think, is Deborah Granick. Yeah, Deborah Granick, who's also mm -hmm. done some interesting films since then. I think she did this one, I want to say she did this one I saw last year. Yep, Leave No Trace that was really uh, well acclaimed, but caught no traction at the awards or at the box office. But I remember going to see that. Place. At a, that that's the one with um, another Brit stealing our accent, uh, Thomason McKenzie. Um, <clears throat> this is, she's on, yeah, that's her right there. Oh, yes, 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 I yeah. mean, flawless, seamless, you know, it's basically the, these, um, uh, ben Foster plays her dad. They live off the grid in Oregon, and awesome. they go they go into the town once I think to get supplies or something, and they get caught up in the system. And so you know they have to, they're forced into like living on the grid and stuff. And so, mm -hmm. which I mean, now, and these days, I mean, you know, I mean, this is like Doomsday Preppers, you know, uh, Christmas, you know, with coronavirus going on right now. Mm -hmm. right. Get off the grid and stuff. But uh, it was very interesting about you know, I mean, the father son relationship, even when they lived out in the woods and stuff, and then the transition into civil that's actually not the movie we're talking about. We're actually be talking about <laughs> cultural cul-de-sac once again. Uh, but no, but Deborah Gregg's great director, she, and she this is one of her her early signature films, Winter's Bone. It gave us Jennifer Lawrence. It's the one that you know got her on all the indie awards. Got her out of uh, I think sitcom jail. I think she was on the Bill Engvall show at that time, which nobody I knew watched. It was like on TV. What is this movie about? It uh, so oh man uh, so. They're, they live in like Appalachia, I, I want to say Kentucky, <clears throat> and the, you know, I actually remember it more as like, um, as like a mood than the actual story, because I think, I want to say something, something like the, the parents leave, and like, and like, she plays, you know, like a, a teenager trying to have to fend for her family, um, and uh, another great character actor here, oh, I always lose, lose track of her name, she was in, um, she was in Ozark. She was the 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 matriarch of the uh, well, I, well, not really much of matriarch. It's like her and the, the. Have you guys seen Ozark on Netflix? Just season one, just a couple episodes. Well, yeah, she was she was she was the wife in season one of the of the guy who had all the drugs on in his field. Right. The yeah. the, the backwoods gangster guy. Mm -hmm. um, and and I remember I remember like uh, Sam, not Sam, uh, John Hawks, another excellent character actor. Seamless, yeah. He plays, you know, an, an abusive father and stuff, and just a lot of a lot of good performances. I mostly remember like the feel and the atmosphere within the plot per se. I just remember that, you know, obviously Jennifer Lawrence popped off the page. Was that really little girl get killed? Wasn't that part of the story? I, I think so. Um, I, I I remember do I remember you know falling in love with, with the accents. Just this just the fierce performance. Like I remember watching that. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> Thank you. Ladies drinking for those listening at home, they're having a sip while they're sipping. So Winter's Bone off the board. That's my number two. Got it. And your final pick, Khalila Joy, what you got? And you actually gave me this idea because it was Eats Bayou. So you brought up Reese Witherspoon, which leads me to one of my fave childhood movies, Man in the Moon. Man in the Moon. Never seen it. When she was a little girl. That was her first movie, wasn't it? And she, no, that ain't it. That was <laughs> <laughs> 2013, right? No. No, it's before that. Either. Are you sure it's Man in the Moon or? Well, I, I thought that's the 
that's what it was called. Hold on, let me let me go. Well, let's just go to Reese and look up her. Yeah, maybe is because there. I know there was like a moon picture that I thought was in the Catskills or something. Um, the, the man in the moon. The man in the moon. Okay. Math, Lucy in the Sky, Truth Be Told. Oh, that's producer, actress. Here we go. The Man in the Moon. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is her first thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I barely remember this. Very Southern, coming of age. Oh, look at her. Whatever, first kiss. She was so young, and she fell in love with a boy named Court. And <laughs> they had this very kind of sweet little romance until Court saw her sister. Oh, oh no! Oh, damn! And Gina. then it was over for her. Who played her sister? I don't remember. Emily her. Warfield? Is that her? Yeah, ah. that's her. Um, and then and then you know the the, but, story, but, but the little sister Reese had the better career. Revenge, karma. <laughs> the story takes a tragic turn too, and it's uh, it's a great great movie i remember being like probably her age watching it and being like i want to fall in love <laughs> like <laughs> great <laughs> uh look, look at that look at the, the steely determination of young reese oh yeah power she her was, through the rest of her career she was a firecracker in that movie like she it wasn't just like you know little shirley temple sweetness no no she was badass back then Yep. Yeah, she, no. she knew her lane early. I, I like it. I like it. All right, ma The Man in the Moon, 1991, Young Reese. All right, Lex, what you got? Ah, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to pick School Days. Oh, School in the South. I can dig it. Filmed on the yeah. Morehouse in, in Park Atlanta campuses. The house? Got to shout out my alma mater. All right, go ahead. I feel like this is self-explanatory. I don't feel like I need to say a whole bunch about why I chose this movie. Uh, wake up! <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, from everything... <laughs> from everything that we got in this movie to all the... Uh, careers that were kicked off to yes. those songs and all the quotables like everybody i mean i've loved lawrence fishburne for many many years mm. giancarlo yeah. also another morehouse alum i might add yes yeah um so is sam yeah yeah and like the fact that this movie came out like right as what, what year was this like 88 like right as um pledging was going underground like the the preservation of this sure. of that in that way um the relations and then all the stuff that you found out after the fact about the making of this movie and for example the way that the wannabes and the jigaboos were treated uh -huh. in real life on in the making of the movie just uh -huh. uh, there's so much brilliance in um history and legacy that this movie represents. I love it. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, essentially, pretty much, yeah, musical. Like a, yeah. But, mm, I always feel like it's a, like at least a half musical. Right. Yeah. For sure. 
And I'm sure it probably turned an entire generation on to like fraternities and sororities and stuff. Black, at least black college fraternities and sororities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are either you two in a sorority? What? Have we met, sir? Oh, we have, but the audience has not. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> We're He's both in the same day. sorority. <laughs> the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority in Incorporated. And there's like a ski and a wee, but I'm not allowed to do it. So yes, correct. Nope. Uh, yes. Uh, is that? Let me let me let me see if I got to it. That is 1908. Okay. Yes. I, I had I had two choices. I knew one was like your mortal enemy. The other one wasn't. It was like 13 or 08. 08. Good choice. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. There we go. I mean, I feel like you know, if you know two dates, then you already know which one belongs to us because we came first. <laughs> there. You- <laughs> Spoken like true Alpha Kappa Alpha Kappa Alphas. Yeah. All right, so my last one. <laughs> I, I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Uh, last one. <laughs> for those listening at home, they are shaking their head disapprovingly at your your boy. <laughs> All right, so my last one, and I'm glad it survived, is Mud. Matthew McConaughey, oh, Ty Sheridan. I have not seen that. Yeah, it's kind of like it's. I mean, it's it's kind of got a cross like Tom Sawyer and Outlaw Flick. Um, it, it, was, it was this was the first movie that exposed me to Ty Sheridan. Who I mean, really, I I think he's got he has like a. I think that was his first movie. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Like he, I think he was local talent. And Reese Witherspoon, you know, acting. I did not know that. Yes, check it out. I, I, it probably should be on Netflix by now. And we just in our little competition here. <laughs> and this is also in, I think this is in the beginning stages of the McConaissance. This is in 2012. So this is like hot on the heels of, of Magic Mike. You, you gotta tease him and tease him. That, yeah, that Magic Mike. And, and that's when he's, and I think uh, Dallas Buyers Club was soon after that. So he's like really starting the, the, the McConaissance uh, in, in mud. And it was, you know, it was a small indie flake shot for, you know, a bucket of extra extra crispy at KFC down the south, and you know it was just really it, another one of those atmospheric, great accents, yeah. great cinematography, a lot of um, you know young. Here's Ty Sheridan. I think he's an X Man, an X Men now. Um, Is he? Yeah, yeah. He played. Um, uh, I want to say I want to say he played, like, young Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, young Cyclops. Uh, in in like the when they go back in time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so, and you know, Reese, you know, Reese is just excellent. I mean, you know, kudos to her and, and the morning show, which I watched and enjoyed. Uh, I did too. Damn the haters. I thought it was actually a good, fun show. Yeah, it was a little interesting, you know, at times, but it was still a good show to me. Yeah, and, and McConaughey, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think, I mean, McConaughey, I don't know if McConaughey is capable of learning a different accent. Obviously, he doesn't need to at this stage of his career. This, I'm sure he's offer only. But, I mean, I just love when he really gets a chance to authentically lean into his, his southern leanings. You know, I mean, his southern... Does anybody know where he's from? Well, you know, he's from Texas. He's definitely a Texas boy. Okay. Big supporter of University of UT Austin, you know, like the University of Texas sports, Longhorns okay. like that. So, yeah, but he's definitely, one of, he's definitely a good old boy. But uh, it's fun seeing him in his natural environment, south. Mm-hmm. Smoking it up, drinking it up, and then and, and and you know, and also just kind of drifting down the river. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Look at that. That's beautiful. Yeah, just all that, just all that south. Still country. 
awesome. Yeah, low, yeah, low country. Yeah, you know something about that in North Carolina, low country. So, so that is the main segment. So it's great stuff. We're gonna take a break. We'll do a, a quick pause on the video, so we'll take so we can bring people up to speed on those who are new to the game or the podcast on how the cinema draft game is played and what cinema draft is about. Please hold, everybody. Please hold. Cinema Draft is the fantasy sports version of the movies. But instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. How their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your lineup of stars, all while competing against others for fun and prizes. So how does it work? Well, to fill out your roster, called a call sheet, you draft 10 actors from those listed in the talent pool who are each assigned a dollar value salary. You have a $100,000 budget to try to draft all 10 actors, no more, no less, and you must stay under budget. You must draft at least one actor from each of the three release types of movies. Wide release, movies on 2000 screens and up, limited release, 501 to 1999 screens, and platform release, 500 screens or less. There are two headliners per film in the talent pool. Headliners' points are worth 40% more. So, for example, if Top Gun Maverick earns 100 million, Miles Teller gets 100 points, while Tom Cruise, a headliner, gets 140. The game is free to play with cash and cryptocurrency prizes. It's currently in production for a relaunch later this year. We look forward to seeing you play. Come sign up for an invite to the beta when it's ready. Please visit us at cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. I welcome back. Thanks for waiting. For those of you watching on video, it was just a moment. And we're now looking, actually, we're going to the poll phase of program over under and over under last time we had a guest on was the invisible man i guess the, the over under for the invisible man was 25 million i voted over the people voted under guess who was right yeah boy it weighed 29 million it's opening weekend and as we already established you two haven't seen it yet because one's afraid of cat one hasn't gotten to it yet so <laughs> So this week's poll going to this opening weekend is for The Hunt. For those of you not familiar, The Hunt is the, the well, faux controversial <laughs> social thriller, possibly horror film about, uh, about a kind of like a most dangerous game type uh, scenario where I guess it's, it's a, a, an alternate present where uh, rich elites hunt conservatives for sport, maybe? I mean, the writers on it, Nick Hughes and Damon Lindelof, you might uh, recognize. Well, Nick Hughes, I think, might be the brother or cousin of, of, um, of um, the Carlton Hughes, who co-created Lost with Damon Lindelof. Lindelof coming off of his heat with The Watchmen. And also, fun aside, quick cultural cul-de-sac, uh, I saw an article the other day with Lindelof, Damon Lindelof saying that he's out on Watchmen season two, that if there is one, it will occur without him. He's out of ideas. Mic drop. 
one season wonder. I like it. Yeah. I mean, he did what he wanted to do. So, like, why try to, you know, I understand why you would want more, but. No, I mean, I, I think it's excellent. I mean, if you, as, as a writer myself, I mean, if you, if you don't have a good idea, don't push it. No one, you know, and, and he's at a point in his career where he doesn't have, he, he's got all the money. He's good. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so The Hunt starring Betty Gilpin. Uh, is, is this, who is this guy? Is this Steve? All right, I don't recognize him. He looks vaguely familiar. Yeah, um, Betty woman. Gilpin, Emma Roberts, uh, Hilary Swank, I saw in the trailer also. It seems like a ensemble kind of drama comedy. <laughs> There's a line in the trailer uh, about like, who would think up such an awful game? And this, this white guy goes, Ugh, white people, we're the worst. <laughs> So it's gonna be one of those type of movies. Uh, so what do you think the over under? We should set the over under at for the hunt. Coronavirus taking into account because I went to the movies last weekend and it was damn near vacant. Right. Was it? Right. I mean, it was it was ten o'clock on a Saturday, which still usually draws you know a decent yeah. amount of people, but it was pretty empty. I was I was surprised. PM. PM. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm gonna say over. Gosh, I'm going to shoot low because of the scare with the virus and say 18 million. 18, okay. Budget of 14 million, uh, mind you. And I think is this, this might be another Blumhouse movie too. So they're, they've been pretty active. Um, all right, so what about you, Lex? What do you think? We got 18 for, for KJ. What do you think? Um. Are we? Are you want me to give you a specific number or? Over? Well, I mean, what do you think? What, what do you think would? What, actually, you know what? How about this? I'll I'll post the over under at fifteen million, which I think would be great for the, for this type of movie, which is already you know semi shelved, uh, looks de definitely a little quirky, and also coronavirus scares. I'm, I'll set it at fifteen million. Uh, Kalila Joy went over at eighteen million. Do you think it will go under? She said, over. I'm over as well. Uh, yeah. you're, over, you're over as well? Okay, so two overs, and I will say, and at, if we said at 15 million, actually, I'm gonna, you know, I'll be contrarian just for the sake of argument. I'll say it'll be slightly under. I think it might match its budget at 14 million. I think this virus, I think, like I said, the next, not to, you know, well, this will be going up on a Wednesday morning, tomorrow morning, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I think that uh, if, if other nations are any indication, the U.S. is going to be in for a shock when these numbers, these tests get out. Hopefully it, we aren't, but I mean, just, you know, if, if the past is prologue and Italy's on lockdown, like Italy's closed, right. closed for business, yeah. no in, no out. Uh, it's, it, we're about what, you know, two or three weeks behind the rest of, of the world. So it's going to be pretty bad. So I think I might keep people at home. I hope not because I love the movies and we love the movies here at Cinema Draft. Of course. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I think people may want the escape and they'll, maybe assume that a lot of people aren't going to go to see the movies and they'll be okay because they won't be in there with a whole bunch of people and they'll just go anyway. And that would be me. <laughs> that would definitely be me. Oh, there we go. Video and we lost video. All right. I tried. <laughs> so let's bring this plane in for a landing, damn it. Uh, once again, thank you for elevating the Cinema Draft podcast with your presence, ladies. Give yourselves a hand. Thank you for having us. Thank you for participating in our drinking game. Always good to see people play along with us. And uh, and so Kalila Joy, Alexia Peebles, anything you guys want to plug? Um, 
I, yes, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Girl is in the lab or on the set, cranking it out. Very excited. Hey, what's coming next? Um, because it hasn't been announced. <laughs> but, you know, I'm excited for my next well, project. In the meantime, you can go watch, um, you know, Sorry for Your Loss on Facebook Watch or mm-hmm. Baking Christmas on OWN or... Wait, hold, hold on a second. What, what was that? Faking Christmas? Baking. Like Baking. In, yeah, it's a it's a Christmas movie I did for own last Christmas. Um, <laughs> and our family. Keep getting them checks, girl. Keep getting them checks. <laughs> there I am. Oh, look at you. Oh, there you are. <laughs> you look so. You do look very own lifetime. <laughs> Cute. Holiday time, yes. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll check you out. All right, so, all right, so that's where you can find Clue Joy and what she's up to. What about you, Alexia? What do you have to plug, if anything? Um, maybe I'll tell you the next time I'm doing some stand-up. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Okay, all right, well, next time in LA, hopefully you'll have a set so I can check it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> This is very exciting. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I feel well. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I was gonna. I was, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see someone try stand up, uh, especially you know uh, later on in life. Because I remember knowing um, uh, Ada Rodriguez. Like I remember. I remember. Yeah, uh, I love hang, her. Yeah, she used to hang out with a with a, a good friend of mine, and and she was always kind of like you know pretty funny. But I had no idea she's gonna be like a comedian. And now she's and I saw her set on Netflix, and I was like. Whoa, she's like legit good. Like I laughed my ass off. I had a great time. So, so I'm very excited. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be, be another comedian in my extended family and I'll be able to go and heckle you. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. Well, once again, thanks for, for blessing the podcast, your presence. We must have you guys back again, ladies. Oh. And as we as we uh clear out. The standard tagline, and especially in these times of uncertainty, if you're able to, and if it's safe, why don't you go see a movie or something? Take care, everybody. Peace. Where can you find Cinema Draft? We are on Twitter, at Play Cinema Draft, Facebook, Cinema Draft, Instagram, at Play Cinema Draft, Medium, at Cinema Draft, that is our corporate blog. We're even on Pinterest, Cinema Draft. Also, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And finally, please visit us at cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite to the relaunch. We will always have games where you can sign up, play for free, and win real money. Cinema Draft is a registered mark of Cinema Draft LLC. Both the Cinema Draft game and the CD3D decentralized app token are for entertainment purposes only.